Coming up on the show today, the world tells America the party is over. Arizona wants to see your papers. And if Oprah can have a channel, why not the Tea Party? This and much, much more coming up on Informivores. Hello and welcome to the Informivores. I am your host, Marcus Rippentrop. And I'm Ryan Jones. Our other usual co-host, Alex Schumann, cannot join us today. He's off working on a documentary and he is sorry that he could not join us. Very sorry. Yes. Um, if you'd like to join the conversation, share a dissenting opinion, or suggest a topic for us, please become a fan on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching Informivores. Or you can also email us at informivoresradio at gmail.com. If you missed part of the show or just want to listen to part of it again, please check out our brand new podcast. It can be found by searching Informivores in the iTunes store. Ryan, what is our Know Your Nation question for today? All right. The Know Your Nation question for today is, what year did the U.S. stop operating on the gold standard? Again, what year did the U.S. stop operating on the gold standard? And we'll have the answer for you later in the show. All right, let's get things started here for the day. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Arizona Governor Jan Brewer ignored criticism from President Barack Obama on Friday and signed into law a bill supporters say would take the handcuffs off police in dealing with illegal immigration in the state of Arizona which is the, nation, the nation's busiest gateway for human and drug smuggling from Mexico. Uh, the, legislation, the legislation, excuse me, makes it a crime under state law to be in the country illegally. It also requires local police to offer to local police officers, excuse me, to question people about their immigration status if there is a reason to suspect they are an illegal immigrant. Uh, it also allows lawsuits against government agencies that hinder enforcement of immigration laws and makes it illegal to hire illegal immigrants for day labor or knowingly transport them. Opponents to the bill say this will lead to civil rights violations. So, Ryan, I pose a question to you. Do you support this measure? I do. I have absolutely nothing wrong with this bill. Uh, the proponents say that it's be going to become profiling because they're going to say, you look Mexican, so you're probably illegal, so you're, so I'm going to look at you and see if you actually are. I, I'm not really sure that that's a true statement because uh, if – I don't, just don't think it'll become profiling. I have nothing wrong with this, and Im immigration does need to be reformed. There, there's a certain risk of, of profiling. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give them that. But um, there, there's just so many people of, of that of Mexican descent, of Latino descent. I just don't think that they're gonna have time to go. You are you illegal? You are you? I, don't, I just don't think that's gonna be a factor. I think it'll be the way that the law will be used, and I'm hoping there won't be abuse by it, but I'm hoping what'll happen is if something happens, you yeah. know, they have reason to su suspect somebody of doing something illegal, you know, whether it be, you know, even so much as speeding, I don't think that'll be much of a problem, but like if they, like if they have reason to suspect they're dealing drugs or something, one of the questions they can ask and say, are you an illegal immigrant? And if they can't prove it, well, there's another law that there's another thing that can tack on to the sentence and, you know, maybe deport them or whatever you have to do. Um, so like basically in short, I don't, I don't see there being that racial, you know, profiling problem either. Well, I could see, uh, the police officers, uh, doing like raids on like the home depots with, uh, workers sitting outside home depot. I can see them, uh, the police officers going out there and saying, Hey, let me see your ID and taking them in. Yeah. I mean, there's, 
I like to pretend to be a little naive here. I mean, there will be police officers that will exploit this. Don't get me wrong. There are going to be some crooked people that are going to take this too far. Um, but that that's that's just something you have to take, you know, with a little bit of, you know, a lump of sugar because, I mean, any law that's going to have that. Um, so we both agree that this is not going to lead to civil rights implicate or civil rights uh, violations. At least I, don't, I can't foresee it. I mean, I'm not, it might happen in, in small cases, but I don't see it on a large scale. No, it's really to the discretion of the officer. If the officer is of good integrity, it won't happen. And we'd like to hope all of our officers of good, are we, good. We, we'd like to hope. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the one thing I want to talk about here, though, is can you think of any unintended ramifications this bill would cause? Unintended? Yeah, like not expl- Like, I, I got one. I'll, I'll start off okay. and I'll, I'll explain okay. to you what I mean. Um, the one thing that I could see this bill hampering is people coming forward uh, uh, regarding crimes. Like, if you're an illegal immigrant and you know that someone across the street is dealing drugs or is, you know, breaking other laws, you're going to be less likely to come forward and say, you know, my name is so and so. This person is doing this and that. And just because you'd be afraid of, okay, thank you for the tip. Are you here illegally? You know, I, that, I, I think people would be afraid of that. Um, I mean, there are resources to, you know, uh, report crimes anonymously yeah. and things like that. But I still think that'll weigh heavily on a person's decision to go forward if they're an illegal immigrant and report these crimes, which personally, I'd rather have them go forward and get the drug dealers well, and get, get, you know, the murderers and the rapists. I'd rather get them than the immigrants first. Well, are those people who are illegal right now uh, coming out and doing that anyways? Because uh, that could be the problem right now. Right. Is- no, I, I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like, if, if there, it, well, now that the bill is passed, there's an explicit law saying that they can ask of your legal, you know, if you're here mm-hmm. legally. And if you're an illegal immigrant, you're not going to go forward, you know, with something in fear of going of being deported or being, you know, booked for illegal immigration. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how that'll play out, but I think that's definitely something they should watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'm sure uh, them being illegal immigrants and probably not knowing the American language, they probably don't know how to go about it anonymously. Right, exactly. Yeah. So maybe there should be some, some kind of a police program or, mm-hmm. or state program. I mean, because I, I, would, I would hope, I would certainly hope they'd be more interested in catching mm-hmm. the other criminals than just the immigrants. Yeah. And I'm sure they are. I'm sure they'll have systems set up for this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to you want to talk about? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob uh, Vanderplatz and Bob Vanderplatz uh, today in the Des Moines Register actually endorsed uh, this law, uh, saying that uh, if this goes over well, he would love to bring it to Iowa and have a state law for here as well. And do you think Iowa really needs this? I don't know. I mean, there are certain parts of Iowa that do have immigration problems. I mean, you look at the the meatpacking plant that got raided, you know, two years ago mm-hmm. now. Um, I don't know. I just think that this starts in Arizona because it's such a, as the, as the article said, you know, the nation's busiest gateway for humane and drug smuggling from Mexico to the U.S. Um, I'm not sure if I would support this exact measure, but something does need to be done in terms of reform, whether it be nationally or state level. Not necessarily sold on this one. Here in Iowa, I could actually see it uh, as a bad case for profiling because a majority of us are uh, white Caucasians. Uh, so I could see uh, police officers going up and saying, hey, can I see your papers or some form of identification right. just because they are of a minority that's, descent. That's a good point to bring up too. I mean, yeah, I, I agree entirely with that. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving. Staying in the state of Arizona and their crazy laws, <laughs> Arizona lawmakers are expressing doubt over whether President Barack Obama was born in the United States. And they're pushing a bill through the legislator that would require the president to show his birth certificate to get on the state's 2012 presidential election ballot. Should Barack Obama 
have to do this. Have to do this? You know what? Yes, he should have to do this because it it's uh, in the Constitution that it, has, it says that you have to be born in the United States. So why not just show it and say, I actually am a U.S. citizen. I was born here. Why not have make him show it? I He doesn't have to, I, I don't think. Um, I'm just personally tired of hearing this conspiracy theory, yeah. and I just want them to, to shut up, <laughs> if I could be honest. Um, I just, you need, just do it. I mean, how much yeah. work does it take? No, I, I don't know why he hasn't done this in the first place. Just show it. Oh, it, like hold up the camera, well, the, the, the certificate. The, the, article, the article said that he was born in Hawaii and that they've made his birth certificate publicly available. And they've also shown newspaper articles around the time he was born saying, you know, his name, you have the little baby registry section, but I've, I've not seen that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but I, and I, I personally, I'm just tired of hearing this conspiracy theory. I seriously doubt that somebody could get this far in the political arena and not be a natural born citizen. I, I just no. don't, I just don't no. see that. Absolutely not. That would have to be a huge conspiracy to get that through. Like it's just not possible. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's a very, very far stretch for sure. Yeah. Um, Opponents of the bill are saying this puts Arizona in some more bad light uh, after the recent passing of their immigration law and this. So is this putting Arizona in a bad light? A little bit, because uh, you just said uh, Arizona with their crazy laws. Yeah. Is, they are putting up some just absurd things, and they're kind of attacking the president. The government is attacking the president, and mm -hmm. I don't think they should be doing that. And just It's not right. Yeah. Uh, they've they found their way to the butt of a couple jokes, and actually one of the opponents, a state Democrat, had said that we need to stop doing these things because we're turning into a national joke, mm. and they really are. So I don't know. It's just something interesting. You want to keep us moving along yeah. here? Yeah. All right. For our next article, uh, the International Monetary Fund, the organization that cures recession, recession, sorry, has uh, came up with uh, new ways to get the global economy back on track. It wants people to work longer before retirement, pay higher taxes, expect less from government, and having more expensive items in supermarkets such as Target and Walmart. And they say that the party is now over and we need to live the real life. So, And this is to make the global economy better. Yes, the global better. economy right. better. Okay. Yes. Uh, so, Marcus, does this scare you? Uh, do you like these measures? No, I hate them. I, it's That's not... Ugh. Call me, call me close-minded, you know, but I just don't care about the global economy. I don't want it to tank. Don't get me wrong. I don't want the whole thing to tank, but I'd rather have the United States where I live better off and everyone else being okay. But nowadays, that's not really possible anymore. With global interdependence, the, all the economy is tied together. I understand, that's, I understand that they're all interconnected and there's these intricacies that make everything work together. And I want everything to be okay. I don't want it to crumble. Don't get me wrong here. But I don't want to have to pay higher taxes so someone in Bulgaria can have, you know, you know, less inflation on their money or something like that. You know, I, I don't care about the global economy doing super well. I just want where I live to be okay. I, I know it sounds close-minded, but I'm just tired of everyone caring and you know worrying about everybody else. Is that we have enough problems here. Let's fix here first. Well, I, I agree that we do have many problems here and we do need to uh, fix problems here. But I think the global economy is so enriched in uh, the U.S. economy that you need to have a strong global economy for the U.S. economy to be good. There's certain, uh, there's certain aspects that I would agree with that, but I just... 
I don't know. I just would rather have, I'm, I'm really concerned about my economy. And if, and if the United States economy is dependent on certain parts of the global economy, then obviously, yes, I want that to be strong. But I just, I don't understand why everyone is, you know, focusing on this whole global economy and, re, re, you know, getting everyone back out of the gutter. Well, I'm worried about getting us back, you know, if that's part of it and let's, then let's do part of it. Let's, let's recover that part of the global economy. But as for the whole thing, I don't care about the economy of, of Somalia. I mean, it's a terrible example, but I mean, that, I, that comes already. I know, gone. but like, but the point is, I don't care about all these other other people. I mean, I care about the people. I don't want them to. Uh, let me let me clarify this by saying I don't want these people to live in you know third world countries everywhere, and I don't want everything to be in shambles. But I just think that we should come first. I mean, that's. I mean, I guess that's that would make sense, wouldn't well, it? We're already you, taking measures to help us. Why shouldn't we also take measures to help the global economy? Well, I don't. Why should I have to pay higher taxes for someone else to live better? I just don't think that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, do you think people will pay uh, more taxes, work longer, and pay for more for imports? Absolutely not. Do you? This culture is so geared against these kind of things that it's just not going to happen. Especially if you tell them it's for the good of people everywhere, they're not going to do that. They don't care about that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they care to. I mean, again, they care to about some degree. They don't want people to be impoverished, and they don't want people to be, you know, treated horribly like human right violations in China, but. They're not going to work longer. They're not going to pay more taxes and you know pay more for their goods yeah. for somebody else's benefit. I mean, it, it's just the way that our culture and our society is just geared. It's it's all about making yourself better and then others. Yeah, uh, I agree. I just do not see the American culture really caring because I I've seen this happen to people. People are watching TV and they see the the, the little African children uh, with the bloated stomach uh, with the commercial, the guy pleading for you to give them money. Right. Then I watch people flip the channel. Mm -hmm. I just don't see people caring. Yeah, I mean, I get, tying into that, I mean, I, I see that all the time too, and I I probably have done that. I'm not sure. I, I can't think of an explicit example, but whatever. Yeah. The point is that there's people like that here. And I don't understand why everyone sends money to these other places when there's things they could fix here. I mean, there's there's these homeless and disabled vets everywhere. And you're going to send your money to some Ethiopian kid? I, like, I understand the circumstances are much worse, but wouldn't you rather, you know, help somebody who's helped your country or help somebody near you rather than somebody halfway across the globe? I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, every problem we address with our with our, you know, are giving and, and all, all this aid we provide to everybody, there's problems like that here we can fix. And I don't understand why we're giving to all these other countries before fixing our own huge problems. I yeah. mean, there are poverty and education and all these things we give money to. I mean, there's horrible problems like that here. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't understand that. All right. Well, you probably already answered this, but would you sacrifice any portion of your money for the good of the global economy? Maybe. I can't, Maybe. I I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to pay higher taxes and work longer to see none of the benefit. I mean, if part of it goes to help somebody, okay. But you know, I would, I would just much prefer to have people here benefit from my direct work. I, I would, if it's not me. Um, I wouldn't mind if uh, our taxes increased a little bit, maybe by 1% and mm, that goes no. to the good of the global economy. No, I no. disagree. Oh, well, I, I, I think it would help the global interdependence because we're so enriched, I think. Well, I think it, it would help. I, all right, we're going to just completely disagree on this, okay. but let's keep it moving. All right, for our next story, a professor at the Cal State University has a tourist website for anyone looking to travel uh, to Thailand. The site is actually a guide to the prostitution ring in Thailand. On the website, he advises uh, to start a proposition out with, with a good compliment. <laughs> it is uh, causing the administration a lot of headaches. 
uh, they denounced the website, but said it was his own free speech to be doing this on his own time and not on the university computer. So there's nothing they can do about it. But critics say students could complain uh, that the students' complaints would be enough to allow the administration to take it down. So, Marcus, what do you think? Should the professor have to take down the site? No. I mean, you can argue all you want about what's in it, but if he's not doing it at school and it's not interfering with his work, why does anybody have any right to say what he can and can't do in his free time? doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I can kind of see it being uh, a little bit of a distraction for the students knowing that, hey, this teacher loves prostitution and he has a website promoting this prostitution. So maybe I don't want to take a class with this teacher. Oh, then don't. I mean, it's a university. There is a plethora of classes they can take from, you know, choose from. So don't take his class. It's that simple. It's not, it's not rocket science. It doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for this guy to, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm just I lost for words because it shouldn't matter. It's a non-issue. I don't see the issue here. All right. Uh, so how about the argument that if students uh, complain, it'd be enough to take it down? If No. Just if they're going to complain, don't take his class. If you, if you don't like what he stands for, don't take his class. But what about those classes that is only taught by this one teacher and they have to take it and they find a disruption and they have no other option? Well, then you add another teacher to teach the course. I don't know. If that's the case, so then, they should put it. So, so okay, the, if that's the case, then, the then your argument. If that's the case, then your argument holds a little bit of water. But if it's just an elective class, or if there's multiple teachers taking it, then just wait a semester and take another semester with a different teacher. I mean, if if it's that big of a moral issue to you, don't take his class. It, it's just there's a problem with our society that if we don't like it, we just have to protest it and complain about it and find ways to get rid of the person. Just don't do it. Okay. Don't let's, take his class. Let's say you have to take his class and the student doesn't <clears throat> like it. Should the university say you have to take this down or you might lose your job? You know what? I'm going to retract what I said earlier. Take the dang class. <laughs> if, if, if he's the only one teaching it, take it. There are teachers everywhere that completely disagree with half of their or Half the students completely disagree with their opinions, but they have to take their class. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, a teacher may have a completely different political ideology. They may be a, you know, extreme liberal and you're, you know, the right, as right as right can be. You still have to take the class. That's part of college is getting used to dealing with people you don't agree with or you don't particularly like. If you, if you have a problem with it, use it as a learning experience to just ignore it and learn how to cope with it. I mean, it's, it just goes back to what I said. People are just so worried about if they don't like something, they're going to attack it and get rid of it instead of just dealing with it. If it doesn't directly affect you, leave it alone. If it does directly affect you, find a way to cope with it. I, I, I don't know. Okay, for clarification, I agree with Marcus 100%. <laughs> just playing a little bit of naysayer. But for the final question, do you find it weird that this professor has a tourist website for the prostitution ring in Thailand? Hey, I'm teach their own, man. I mean, the guy may be a little, you know, a little off kilter, a little weird, but I mean, there's no reason for us to judge him. I, okay, I, I'm judging. I'm judging <laughs> this man who has a, a website what? for the prostitution hey, ring. Hey, I mean, you got to just let him be. If he's not, if he's doing it in his own time, there's nothing you can do. I mean, why would you? <laughs> he's going to time. I mean, it's, 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 it's on his own time. Well, it's better than the SEC looking at, you know, pornography. We'll get to that, by the yes, way. The, yes, we will. The SEC is looking at pornography instead of, you know, regulating the financial sector. All right, we'll leave you with that to think about as we play a PSA here. 
All right, welcome back to the show. We're going to keep things moving here. New York State legislators are contemplating a bill that would allow fast food rest- would not allow fast food restaurants to give a toy with kids meals. Excuse me. Proponents of the bill say that the toys are rewarding kids for eating this unhealthy and fatty food. One lawmaker went so far as to compare the eating of these fatty foods to regulating of these eating of fatty foods. It's a weird sentence, sorry. Regulating these as re- compared it to regulating alcohol and tobacco for minors. Uh, the other side of the argument says fast food is not the enemy of childhood obesity. Overindulgence is. Do you think the government should be regulating what fast food companies can serve kids with a toy, I guess? Should they, should they be involved in this? With a toy, absolutely not. That, all right, the whole kids' meal is based on this toy that these children want to come here, have the food, and the food tastes good. And then after that, you get a wonderful little toy. Exactly. And they are infringing on the right of the company to market as they want. Mm-hmm. They, and... Whether this food is really that dangerous or not is still up in the air. It's per- not. Go, go on. Okay. I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. There's another story. But uh, I, I just don't see any reason of why or how the government could actually say, no, you can't sell a toy with it. I, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's part of being a child is, is pleading with your parents to go to, the fa- you know, go to fast food every day and, you know, you know, they only say yes, you know, occasionally, but but getting that toy, there's nothing like opening that bag and ripping through that terrible plastic to find, you know, a cheap two-cent toy. I did collect every <clears throat> single Transformer Happy Meals toys. Exactly. I loved it. I, I went home the other weekend and I was digging through some of my stuff and I found some of those old McDonald's toys and I was just like, oh, these were awesome. I mean, I got so much enjoyment out of that, but that's not the point. <laughs> sorry sorry to, for a little <laughs> bit of reminiscing there. A little there. nostalgia moment. It's fine. Um, I just I completely agree. There's no reason to regulate this. I mean, why why is it the government's job? It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's not. And I, I, it's actually a video that we watched that was talking about this. But um, a lot of the parents were saying things like, "It's not the government's job to regulate it. These foods aren't bad. They are bad, but they're not great. I mean, they're not terrible for you. The problem is if you eat three meals a day for every day. I mean." Overindulgence is the problem. Overconsumption is the problem. It not is, eating it, you know, occasionally. It is the parents' responsibility. The parents are making the choice to take their children to this area. Uh, they want to. The McDonald's wants the parents to bring them in, but it's still the parents' choice to bring them in and buy them this uh, fatty food with the toy. It mm-hmm. is not the government's responsibility to say, "Parents, you can't do this." No, I agree entirely. It doesn't, doesn't not make any sense to me. As far as the one lawmaker who compared it to regulating alcohol and tobacco, what? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, yes, they're dangerous for minors, and yes, overconsumption of fatty foods is dangerous, but you can't just regulate something based on overconsumption. I mean, if that's the case, you're going to start regulating soda, you're going to start regulating... Uh, flavored water. I mean, are you going to start regulating every well, single thing because well, overconsumption are, is bad? Their argument was that uh, they are marketing to the children as alcohol and tobacco are now have laws against it, so they can't market it to children. But those are my point is that those are dangerous no matter the level of mm-hmm. of consumption at a, at a young age. Whereas eating a you know a McDonald's hamburger or a Burger King chicken sandwich is not going to kill you if you eat it once a week, twice a week. It's not going to kill you. Well, the same thing could be said for alcohol and tobacco, though. You have one cigarette a week, you'll be fine. You probably won't get lung cancer. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, that, well, Over yeah. a lifetime of smoking. That but was, we're, talking, that was we're talking about little, yeah, we're yeah. Talking about little kids, you know? I mean, we're talking about 
kids who just want to, you know, they just want to eat the good stuff. I mean, they're young. They've got, you know, fairly good metabolism. Let them enjoy their childhood. Let them eat the junk food. I, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep things moving. <clears throat> Tuesday, as in tomorrow, President Barack Obama will be visiting Mount Pleasant in the nearby cities of Fort Madison and Ottumwa as part of a Midwest tour focused on reinvigorating small businesses. Local residents are hoping he will provide a solution to the growing unemployment in Iowa, in small town Iowa, and as well as the nation. Um, so I ask to you, is his return to Iowa providing any value? No, I, I don't see any reason why Obama is touring the country uh, for an actual value to the country. Uh, because if he goes and talks and gives a little speech uh, to these small business owners, what is it going to do? It, it, it's just going to maybe motivate a few to it do might, what? It might give them hope. 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 Hope and changey stuff. Hope and changey stuff. I, I don't know. I, I just don't see what he's providing other than, I don't know, maybe campaigning for 2012. I was just going to bring that up. I mean, that's what it is. It's a, it's a nationwide tour of him getting ready to run for president again. I mean, when you go to these town hall meetings, quote unquote, and you go to these small business leaders, you just give them inspirational speech and just empty rhetoric that gets them motivated that you try and make them hire somebody, but nothing changes. The real changes happen in Washington when people pass laws that provide incentives for companies that do these things. And you can say you're going to do that all you want, but until you do it, nothing has changed. I think you just summed up the Obama administration. So far, yes. <laughs> I mean, it just... <clears throat> yeah, I, I see no reason for him to do this. It provides no value. Maybe he should stay at the White House to get some things done. Well, well it depends on what... Well, it's not really his job at the White House. I mean, what I'm trying to say is Congress is all just messed up and they're not doing anything. Yeah. But... I don't know. I just, if you, I guess if you want to go motivate them, good luck. Maybe he's, maybe he's going to surprise us and outline a huge, you know, overhaul and a huge plan for how to get small businesses back into the game. I don't think so, but I can hope. Oh, well, I think you have heard of this, that he's going to outline this huge, yeah, you huge think new he would, plan, new bills, new laws, more money being thrown at this. I think you would have heard about this if he actually mm -hmm. planned on doing any of this. Yeah. I, I, as far as I can tell, it's just him starting to get, the political machine running up again for 2012. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you think uh, his visit accomplished anything? Uh, and we're talking about, let's talk about the one to Iowa City. When he came to oh, Iowa City, okay. was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah. But did he did he accomplish anything or was he just speaking? No, he was just speaking. Do you understand the bill <clears throat> any better? No. Or now the law that got signed. And I have absolutely no idea. I, tr I did try to get tickets to hear that speech, but unfortunately he did not give me any tickets to come see. <laughs> but uh, no, I have absolutely no more understanding, and I don't think anyone who did go has any more understanding either. He just coming and campaigning, he just empty rhetoric. I, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, for our next topic, uh, Culver signed a bill this week giving another $150 million to the iJobs bill here in Iowa. Uh, the law has already had $830 million signed by Culver last year to strengthen the economy, help flood disaster victims, and create thousands of jobs. Uh, and the state will actually incur $600 million uh, of debt for the iJobs bill and will have another $360 million of interest on this debt. <laughs> so, Marcus, uh, is this an appropriate plan or is this the wrong time for another additional $150 billion? This is the wrong time. I mean, we... So we're, we're just starting to show signs of recovery. I'm talking. I'm talking nationally here, and I think Iowa. Iowa. There's been reports out that Iowa has not been hit as hard, and they're starting mm -hmm. to experience growth a little faster. But 
this is not the time to spend more money. I mean, you're just going to dig us back into a hole once we get people working. Well, so when, if now's not the right time to do it, when is the right time? The right time was a year and a half ago. Well, he did that a year and a half ago. He, but why do we need the extra money? Oh, I'm sure he feels like the economy isn't going fast enough. Jobs always lag behind uh, during recessions. Yeah, no, I understand that. Uh, it's just, if it, does that help though? I mean, another hundred million dollars at this point. The hundred, excuse me, hundred fifty million dollars at this point in the game. I mean, what is that going to go to? Is that better to spend now, or is that better to save and reinvest in the in the estate? Once people get jobs back, I, I just I, I don't know much about this, but I mean I just don't know why we're spending more money that we don't have. I would say this is good. Uh, if the <clears> jobs <throat> are lying behind, another hundred fifty million dollars put those people who are out of work, get them another job, and get them back on well, track. Well, is that going to another job, or is that giving them unemployment benefits? Mm. I I actually don't know. See, that's what I'd like to know. <clears throat> and I I've not been I have not seen anything that's very clear on the iJobs bill. No, not, not at all. <clears throat> but if you guys know, please uh, tell us on Facebook yes. or email <clears throat> us. Please, uh, informivorceradio at gmail.com. Yeah, uh, but I just, I see that this is, will be better and better than uh, just saving this money, invest it in the people now. Try to get them jobs. If it's going to actual jobs, get them in jobs and get them working again. If that's what it accomplishes, then fine. But I just don't know what it's going towards. And that just, I don't, I don't like it when things happen like that. I don't like it when the government just adds money to a bill and then just says, oh, well, this is going to go to this bill. So you, I'd like to know explicitly how you're going to spend $150 million. So you don't agree with the expansion of the iJob? So well, I don't know what it is, though. The, the article in the Des Moines Register that we read just said that he was adding the money and then it didn't say what for. Yeah, they were focusing mainly on the debt that we will incur on it. Yes, which is uh, astronomical. So do you have any idea if the jobs bill actually helped? There, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know Again, either. the bill has not been very clear, not very well you know, explained by a lot of news organizations, as well as, I mean, and, and the results are really hard to tell, both because of, you know, ability to measure them, and, and as you said, the jobs lag behind. Mm -hmm. So there's, the, only way, the only real way to tell if it worked or not is, well, after the fact. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I don't know. It'll be 2020 hindsight later. Exactly. All right, moving on. Uh, two retired military officers have started have stated that school lunches are a national security threat. Uh, they state that school lunches are making kids too fat and unable to meet military standards. A report states that 27% of people, 17 to 24, are actually too fat to be in the military, uh, and they are pushing for a national bill to improve school lunches. So, Marcus, uh, question posed to you. Are we really too fat to go into the military? Maybe. It, <laughs> I have no idea. Is it a national security threat? That's an extreme 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 measure yeah i mean that's a weird way of putting it but i mean like i guess that's what you do when you're you know an action group like that but i don't know what to say again i would have to think that it's not the school lunches it's so much as overconsumption of school lunches mm -hmm. i well, overcome some if you actually look at the nutritional facts of school lunches they are horrendous really uh, yeah you are get uh if I was watching a uh, documentary on school lunches and it was like 2,700 calories for one what? meal. Yeah, for one meal of these school lunches. Oh, wow. Yeah, they are absolutely horrendous nutritionally. And wow, that's news to me. So if that's the case, well then yes, something needs to be done. <laughs> so you agree uh, that there needs to be a national bill? Well, there needs to be something. I don't, I don't it's just hard to say what. Well, I mean, because you gotta, you gotta look at this at, a, at cost too. You can't just say everyone needs better lunches. You have to, <clears throat> Pardon me. You have to figure out, you know, what that's going to be and how much that's going to cost each school district. Because I mean, school lunches are not cheap. No, and, not and you by can't, any means. And you can't 
and you can't raise the cost to every student because a lot of students are already getting free lunch because their income isn't high enough. So if you raise that money even more, more people are going to have to pay or not going to have to pay for their lunches and then the state, you know, foots the bill. So yes, something needs to be done, but you need to look at it not just from a nutritional aspect, but also cost, but not just cost, also nutrition. It has to be a mix of those two things. I think this is one thing where, yes, cost is an issue, but you might overlook that slightly. Pay a little bit more for good nutritional effects because, uh, not facts, nutritional meals. Because uh, kids, they are required to eat these meals. They have no other option. No, Unless, they can bring their lunch. Oh, uh, They can bring their lunch, but... Uh, nowadays, how many uh, parents? No, I, I know. How many parents have uh, the time to make their kids lunches? Make up themselves. Well, they're big kids. They're high school kids. Well, not just high school kids. No, uh, this, I know. This is for uh, elementary kids, uh, kids who can't make their lunches. They're required because uh, their parents can't make the meals. Yeah, I know. And, or go hungry. So if it's required, why can't we spend a little bit more money to make this nutritional? No, I'll agree that there should be. A, you could spend a little more money. That's a great investment. I think that's a great investment, but. I just don't want that to that cost to balloon to astronomical numbers and just you know spending huge amounts on this. I don't. I. I, I think I think that overconsumption is seriously a part of it because these meals are not only bad for you in terms of nutrition, but they're very small portions, so you don't feel like you're eating anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so people will get an, an extra entree or you know three milks. <laughs> I remember kids used to get that all the time at lunch, but yeah. I don't know. Oh, my last uh, thing I want to say about this is. Uh, uh, you always hear about how if you have a better meal, you perform better in school. So if you have a better meal in the school, we'll perform better, which will uh, help with our uh, national test averages. So it will just help overall, I would think, if we invest in school lunches. Maybe. Uh, that, that, that's what I think. Uh, it's certainly a thought, and um, it's all right. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It'll make mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Let's... Go to our next topic. Kelsey Grammer is launching a TV network, and no, it is not a 24-hour-a-day Frasier network, sadly. It is a conservative entertainment and news channel called Right Network. Kelsey Grammer is being hit with... His opponents are calling him a hypocrite because he is playing a gay bartender in a revival of a Broadway musical, which I'll have Ryan say the name because I can't speak French. Oh, I'll go on the story. Okay, I need he'll come back. Okay, so he we'll plays he plays a gay bartender in a revival of a Broadway play by night and, and is launching a conservative network by day. Uh, and it's called uh, La Cage à Foule. Eh, I don't know. I would have never gotten that. Yeah, it's French. Anyway, so what do you think about this? I mean, the, the network is basically based on uh, small government libertarian views. People that are involved in the Tea Party and followers of Sarah Palin are the key demographics from what people have said. That's not exactly said by grammar, but that's what has been said by bloggers and other things of that nature. Do you think this network will be successful? I actually do think it will be successful because these people in the Tea Party are the politically active people. So I think uh, that if they have a network for these people, these people would, of, of anyone, these would be the people who had to actually watch this network. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I just, uh, um, I don't, I don't think it'll be successful in the long run. In the short run, it will be, but you got we've talked about this before, that the, uh, these Tea Party goers are single-issue voters. Yeah. They're, they're small government voters, and that issue is not going to last forever. We've seen the waning support for the, in the Tea Party and the public opinion of the Tea Party over the past you know, eight months, 12 months. It, it's just it's a, it's a single hot-button issue. It's going to be important through 2012, I think, and maybe to the 2016, assuming you know President Obama is reelected. But beyond that, 
it's just going to fade away, I think. And I think it's not going to be successful in the long run. No, I, I mean, how many conservative entertainment and news shows can you really have an entire network dedicated to that, that people are going to pay an extra fee to get? It doesn't, I mean, I don't see Mediacom or Comcast or saying, yeah, let's put this on our, on our regular package. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. If they want conservative news, Fox News. I mean, yeah. it already exists. Yeah, I agree. Long term, it will not be success successful. But right now, uh, with the political atmosphere right now, I think people will try to watch this if it's provided. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm sure it'll have some immediate short-term success, but they're going to have to change from just being, you know, a Tea Party motive, you know, Tea Party founding to broader ideas. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to change with the political culture. Yeah. yeah. I just, this, well, it's not going to last. Yeah, but um, do you think Kelsey Grammer is being a hypocrite by paying by by playing this gay bartender and then launching a conservative network? No, that is not. Uh, he's not saying that I want to be a gay bar <laughs> owner. He, this is a role for him. He's an actor. This is his job. Just because he's playing something does not mean he agrees with the views. It that's the job of an actor. He can have his own personal views and have uh, roles playing. They don't need to be mutually exclusive. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's just it's like, it'd be like working as an investment banker and then saying, you know, it'd be like an investment banker working and then saying they want financial regulation. I mean, that, I guess it sounds hypocritical, but it's their job, but they also realize what they're doing is yeah. not quite ethical maybe, but it's, it's just, it's their job and then what they believe. They're, they can be exclusive. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to match all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, men can play gay men, but they don't have to be gay. It just... I, yeah. I, I don't understand this argument at all. I think it's people just trying to jump on and rip the Tea Party, you know, every mm -hmm. chance they get. Yeah. All right. Uh, now it's time to reveal the answer to the Know Your Nation question. To remind you, the question was, what year did the U.S. stop operating on the gold standard? Marcus, do you know? Oh, man. I want to say, it was, I think it was, was it Nixon? Yes, what? it was Nixon. Okay, so... Uh, I'm going to say 72? 71. Ah, very, very I close. knew it was Nixon, but I just couldn't get the, the, the number. The process uh, began in 1941, but it was actually Nixon that finalized it, and we came completely off the gold standard. So mad now. I thought I had that. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, for our next topic, uh, the GOP is criticizing the SEC for senior officials spending hours looking at porn sites while they were supposed to be watching over the financial crisis. Uh, there was a probe on 33 members of the SEC, and it was found that 31 had been looking at pornographic materials. And 17 of the employees were at senior level, earning salaries of over $200,000. And there were so many other statistics in this story that, like, if you read it, it is absolutely absurd of what it's they were appalling. doing. It really is. So, Marcus, uh, to you. Uh, is it right for the GOP to be attacking the SEC? It's right for everybody to be attacking that. <laughs> I mean, this is these people are charged with policing the financial sector. They're the ones who make sure that these economic meltdowns don't work. I mean, these economic meltdowns don't you know come about, and they're watching pornography all day. Mm -hmm. I mean, any other job, you'd be fired. I mean, it, it's crazy. There's one report where a guy spent one of the statistics that Ryan mentioned, yeah. this just this just appalled me like you would not believe. You spent eight hours a day, so basically his whole working day, looking at pornographic images. He filled up hard drives full of this stuff and burned it to DVDs and CDs and kept them about his office. What is this guy doing? I mean, eight hours a day? Yeah. What, what are you doing? What is the rest of your day? Uh, another example of this, an account was blocked 16,000. 
thousand times in one month for uh, blo- uh, getting blocked by sex or pornography sites. Yet he still managed to get around it by looking at the Google images to get around the blocks. See, wh- <laughs> why don't they try this hard at the regular job? I mean, if you're gonna try sixteen thousand times to get through a filter that's not going to change why don't you try sixteen thousand times to fix and regulate the economic problems i have no idea it doesn't make sense it's it's sickening and it, it just i mean i may be jaded i know i'm jaded but this is just government at its finest i would really like to know of why they're doing this at work can't you go home and do this <laughs> can't you just wait i just <laughs> do your job i mean Oh, it's so frustrating. And they just and they're they're suing Goldman Sachs for fraud, but how can you find the fraud if you're if you're busy all day in your office? It doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. It's so it's so frustrating when government officials don't do their work. They're getting paid two hundred thousand dollars of taxpayer money to look at porn. To look at porn. They're not <laughs> doing their job. It Oh, these people need to be fired, branded for life, and never allowed to work in any form right. of the government ever again. All right. All right. You're starting to touch on this. So should, should the SEC uh, have punishments for this, or should just uh, the people doing it have the punishments? What do you mean? Should the SEC be punished yes, for this? Yes. Like no, overall no, branch. no, no, no. That's, you can't punish the branch because, A, it doesn't do anything, and, B, I don't think that they you know, had like a scheme where they're all going, all right, instead of doing our job, we're going to watch <laughs> porn. All day. I, don't think, I don't think it was like, like that, but... The people that did that most certainly need to face some serious, serious problems. Like being fired? I, I think they should be being fired. Being fired and never allowed to work in any form of government ever again. I mean, if you're, you cannot be trusted with public money. If you're going to spend your whole day doing that instead of your job, there's no reason anyone should ever allow you to get a cent of taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. I mean- Oh, it's just so frustrating. Uh, So is the GOP just mad about the financial crisis and not getting anything through uh, uh, Senate? Or are they actually mad at the SEC for uh, looking at porn? Who brought up that that argument? The Huffington Post? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I mean, why does that make it... That has nothing to do with it. Is it wrong for... I'm sure the Democrats are just as outraged. This is not a partisan issue. This is not a political issue. This is a common sense issue. But the GOP is the one that's actually speaking out against this. Well, everyone should. I mean, this, is there anybody... I'd like to hear from anybody who thinks that that is okay to take $200,000 of taxpayer money and not do your job, but just watch pornography all day. Uh, I want will, to meet that person that think that's okay. You will be hard to find okay. that person. It would be very hard. I mean, I'm sure people would love that job, but is that ethically right no all right I, i'm sorry i'm just really so angry right if now. they are attacking them what are their advantages for attacking the gop who well, cares attacking the sec i don't care about <laughs> any advantages or disadvantages this is people saying this is wrong this is wasting government spending and this is why we need smaller government that's the gop's angle the democrats angle can be this is what happens when money corrupts people and then they can go on about their whole financial regulation thing i mean there's advantages to both sides as well as looking like a compassionate smart common sense using human being i actually see the gop uh, will use this as we are family values we're getting back to our roots uh we hate uh, we hate officials using pornography during their this comes after sending you know staffers and fundraisers to a strip club yes they gotta be careful about about that let's let's be honest they gotta be careful about that Mm -hmm. but as far I, i just think that either party that goes after them it will look good in the public's eye because people are sick and tired myself especially, of government officials just doing whatever they want, whenever they want, without any kind of, you know, regulation or, or second thought even. It, mm. It's just, 
Yeah. I don't know. Let's move on. Yeah, just... You want to take us into our next topic, the commissions? Hmm? Yeah. Commission? Oh, yeah. We're just going to skip the nursing yes. one. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, a California state commission <clears throat> that sets the salaries of elected lawmakers are say- said Thursday it would consider a 5 to 10% pay cut for elected officials. Proposals range from enacting another big pay cut similar to the 18% that cut last year to cutting officials based on, or to switching elected officials to merit pay um, and docking part of that would be docking legislators' salaries $1,000 for every $100,000 the state runs over its budget. Uh, the California state, the guy that's in charge of this, his name is Murray, said he will arrange for the commission, the comments to be sent to assembly and the Senate leaders and the governor. So what do you think about this plan? It's very interesting because everyone knows California is just horribly in debt. They're about to go bankrupt and the, uh, the state's just about to collapse. And this is a very interesting idea of how to fix it, I, but I don't agree with it. It just, you can't put officials on merit pay. I completely disagree. That is a wonderful decision. Make people accountable. I love that decision. Love it, love it, love it. Make the, raise, their, raise their maximum pay if they have to. You know, instead of getting paid $30,000 a year, let them be paid $50,000 a year if they, if they earn it. I'd happily pay more for elected officials that make good judgment and that do the right thing. I, I would personally be in extreme favor of this. I would love to see it. Maybe, maybe a little bit less, maybe not $1,000 per every 100000 but there needs to be incentives for people to do their job, but not just whatever they but want. But sometimes the state needs to go into uh, right. Uh, Okay. Debts. Uh, like, so why can you punish them for doing what they need to do? Okay. Okay. Let's let's amend what I said. That makes sense. I mean, there are certain extenuating circumstances, such as right now. I mean, a terrible economic climate. There has to be a way that there is, you know, certain. I don't know how you would do it, but that's why I'm not a senator uh, or a state member of the house. But there has to be a certain way that you can say, okay, deficit spending is okay and da, 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 this, you know, these scenarios. I don't know how you do it and that would lead to a lot of red tape. I understand that. But I just, I would love merit pay because nobody would be getting paid. Well, <laughs> nobody, nobody would get paid. That, oh, just, no, it, it's not the way to go. You just need it to have, is absolutely you right. need to have dedicated people, officials who want to do it, not based on their salaries. Yeah, well, no, intrinsic or extrinsic motivation doesn't matter. If they're doing it for the money or doing it for the good. But if you, if, you, if you put it at merit pay, then people who are only really interested and know they can do a good job are going to run for office. Uh, I, just I just don't agree with merit pay. Just you can't, oh, you can't do that with elected okay, officials. Okay, what if there's merit pay but not just, based, not just based on the budget? What if there's part of it, I don't know, I don't know what else to be based on, but what if there's more than just the budget? The budget was only part of it. Like how? How many bills uh, you pass? No, 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 no. That would lead to a lot of bureaucracy. I don't. I, I don't know how you would do it, but uh, I'm just. There needs to be something done that gets these these corrupt and crooked people and people who just not just corrupt and crooked, but people that are just bad legislators that don't know what they're doing. They need to be out. Well, vote them out then. Do you trust the citizens of California? I don't. Well, uh, it is. That's democracy. They, okay, I guess democracy it, says that uh, if you don't like your officials, vote someone else in. They don't need to uh, be judged on merit pay. No, they do. I, I'm just going to disagree with you. There okay. needs to be a. There needs to be somebody 
some way of holding people accountable. It's called voting. No, you don't it's like a, them, vote I don't, them out. I don't trust the people to vote them out well, because they're the ones who fault. voted them in there anyway and they reelected them anyway. Then that is their own fault. Yeah, but that's it's different because it's not just their own fault. The federal government is giving them money to bail them out of this. So it's everyone's fault. Something needs to be done so that they cannot be in there. There are people that are ruining that state. You're going to change the entire democratic system if you do this. And, but you like it? Eh, something <laughs> needs to be changed, doesn't it? I mean, it's not really working, is it? No. All right. All right. Well, we're going to need a minute to cool down here. Here's a grand spot. Welcome back to Informers. And now that we've had a moment to cool down, here's Marcus with our next jo- uh, story to be fuming once again. Hmm. <laughs> it's just been a, it's been a it's been a long <laughs> long show for me. <clears throat> How many times have we heard that Republicans are just for big business? That they are supportive by financial institutions and big banks? Well, the Center for Responsive Politics has just published a report showing that both parties are in bed with the financial sector. In the past two election cycles, when Democrats controlled Congress, the Democrats benefited most. So far in the 2010 cycle, the finance, insurance, and real estate sectors have given $65.2 million, or 56% of their contributions to Democrats. Republicans have received $51.7 million. So there's a lot of money flowing to politics. Um, People and, political com- people and political committees affiliated with securities and investment banking have been particularly, con- particularly kind to the Democrats, giving them $21.7 million, or 63% of their donations so far. Commercial banks, though, still do prefer the Republicans, giving them $4.7 million, or 54%. So I guess the real point is, why are the Democrats getting all of this money and then pointing the finger at the Republicans? I have no idea. I was uh, kind of surprised by this, but you think about it, uh, it's not that surprising because uh, the Democrats are in control of everything right now, so everyone's going to just be throwing money at them. But I don't know why uh, the Democrats are pointing the finger at the GOP. Here's what this article says to me. <laughs> it says there's too much stinking money going to politicians from corrupt people. I mean, these financial institutions that got us in this problem here uh, I, I can't remember the exact figures, but Goldman Sachs has, has held luncheons for like 10 people before this fraud charge and a couple people backed out afterwards. But I don't know. And the top three, the top three donations from the financial sector, as well as the insurance, real estate, and, and uh, the, in, the securities and investment banking have all, the top three have gone to ranking Democrats. Chuck Schumer, who is ahead of, of yeah. this of this financial regulation team has received the most money from financial institutions. Again, back to the same point I've been saying for the last sinking 45 minutes. People are corrupt and they need to get out. I am so oh. maybe with merit pay. No. I, <laughs> all right, come on. But the point is the point is that you always hear Republicans are just these big business, you know, in bed with the banks kind of people, but the Democrats are getting the money. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to. It just doesn't make any but sense to me. Does it surprise you? No, it doesn't. I'm jaded. They're in power. I don't care. The people in power are going to be getting the most money. That doesn't. Why? They're the ones that are trying to ruin. Well, not ruin. In their opinion, they're trying to. They're the one in power, so they're the ones who can actually do something. So that everyone who has the money is going to give it to them to say, "Here, do this. is This is what we want. So we'll give you money." Solid point. I'll, I'll concede that one. What does this say about the Democratic Party? I have no idea what it just stop stop arguing with the GOP about big banks and financial systems. You're just as guilty. Yeah. 
I will answer that in this next question, which is what's okay. to say about the Republicans. It says they're both dirty. It says they're they're both just going to say things but take money under the table. I don't, I don't know if they're dirty. Just they're it, dirty. It's it's usual politics. Just e- everyone takes money from everyone. Ugh, They'll take money it. from whoever they can get. I, I hate it. All right. Anyway, um, one last the article that I read this this one literally li- I was so mad when I read this. So if you guys remember when Enron got busted, there everyone was trying to tie George W. Bush to Enron through his connection with Kenneth Lay, the CEO of Enron. Well. Enron donated, I don't remember the exact figure, but I can post this link if anyone wants to read it. Um, after you adjust for inflation, President Obama got money from Goldman Sachs equal to 10 times that amount from a company that is just now being charged with civil fraud. Yeah, These corrupt and crooked corporations, I mean, I'm a capitalist, I love capitalist society, but these people need to be gone and this needs to be regulated. You're not going to hear me say that, but there Whoa, is something Marcus, seriously there is something seriously <laughs> wrong with the political system and the financial system that allows for this to happen. These companies that are being charged with fraud are giving millions of dollars to company or to to candidates and now, is that over a com- million dollars to the Obama campaign. Is that the company's fault or is that campaign finance reform's fault? It's both. These companies shouldn't have this kind of money to just throw into these money. So they just they shouldn't. Sure, sure they should. Nah. That is a campaign reform that should happen. Well, whatever. Let's get it fixed. That is just, I'm just so sick of, of these. I sound, I just, I don't know. I, I'm lost for words. I'm. Mar- Marcus is angry. I'm, I'm flush with anger. <laughs> it's just, it's very frustrating. I'm just sick of the government that's not working and then it's just mm-hmm. taking all this money. And I don't know. Let's. All right. Please. Uh, New, another article well, to call me down. All right, here. we're we're gonna have an article that we both like, uh, but uh, video games uh, with a new trend. You said one that'll calm me down. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I'm sorry. fine. It's fine. With a new trend uh, being 3D, video games have uh, jumped on the ba- bandwagon. Uh, game developers are looking into making video games that are 3D, but the consumers, uh, but for consumers to be able to get this, uh, they would have to pay hundreds of dollars in uh, gear to be able to actually see this and have a good quality of 3D. Uh, so, Marcus, would you play a 3D video game? No, I won't. I won't play a 3D video game, and I won't go see a 3D movie. It is gimmicky. It is not 3D. It's a 2D image offset. It's not real 3D. It's completely fake. And I'll be honest, I have glasses and I hate wearing glasses over my glasses. So I'm not going to go. Wait, you don't like the 3D movies? Why? They're gimmicky. You it's, love it's, Avatar in 3D. I have not seen Avatar, oh, I'll be that, honest. That's why. I don't care. I, I'm not <laughs> going to see 3D movies. It's gimmicky. It's, it's a device used by directors to just... You know, get away with some certain special effects. I just, I think it's really gimmicky. I, I like it. I think it enhances the experience. You don't think wearing glasses while you like play a game would be just the stupidest thing ever? No, it's fine. Oh, it's horrible. Right, when I was watching Avatar, I there was a zoom in shot, and I literally moved my head. Well, to, just because you're gullible to, to get out of the way of them. It puts you in the experience. I think this would be awesome. But on I your, would love to be in the experience. Okay, okay, of the okay, game. okay. That's different. For uh, take the movie theater out of question. You're sitting at home. And you're playing a TV on a TV that let's let's be uh, let's be nice here and say it's a 40 inch TV. That's a huge TV. Yeah, that's still gonna not look good at all. It's gonna look really tacky and really gimmicky. I just don't get it. I would love to see this. Yeah. Uh, I would well, like get a, to try get a PS3. This. PS3 just released a firmware update that is gonna allow for it. Nothing's been published In yet. In fact, I have and I will try it. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, no. I just think. All right. So, do you think? Uh, uh, 
3D video games and 3D TV will succeed because uh, I think Sony just released a TV. It was a uh, Toshiba. Oh, uh, sorry, Toshiba that released right. a TV that will be playing in uh, 3D. Gimmicky. It's it's just a gimmick. It's not gonna last. So, I'll be honest. So part of it is me hoping it won't <laughs> last, but. Until they can find a way to make 3D without having to wear some tacky glasses or any kind of thing, any kind of external device other than whatever's projecting the image, I'm not going to be a fan of it. I love it. I want everything to be 3D. I'd love to be immersed. The world in- is 3D. Did you know that? I, in fact, I love the world 3D as well. I, everything needs to be 3D, and eventually we just need to be like encased in uh, the scene. It'll be awesome. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible. All right. Well, that's it for our show today. If you'd like to comment on anything we said or help us decide topics for next week, you can write on our Facebook wall, become a fan, or you can follow us on Twitter or even email us at informivoresradio at gmail.com. Our podcast will be available on iTunes hopefully by this evening, so please check it out. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.